Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of New York Sports Incomplete. Uh, this is Rex the Rookie. Spork Incomplete? Spork. It, well, yeah, well, I went to KFC and got a spork. Oh, the McGill pitch? Yeah, it's the new, we'll talk about the spork. Uh, this is Rex the Rookie here with John the Veteran. How's it going, John? Well, besides the fact that now I want Kentucky Fried Chicken, yeah, everything's everything's good. Uh, <laughs> This this episode brought to you by Buddy's Barbecue. Spring's on the way, folks, and uh, don't wait too late to book him because he'll book up. If you're having an event and you want some delicious southern barbecue catered at your place with no effort on your part other than writing a check or giving a credit card, call Buddy Moore at 516-497-0246 for Buddy's Barbecue and tell him the guys at New York Spork Incomplete sent you. Uh, also brought to you by EssexTheater.org. Essex Theater is a fantastic community theater uh, up in Essex, New York on beautiful Lake Champlain. If you're into the Adirondacks this summer, uh, they have a terrific summer season, which you can check out all the details on their website at www.essextheater.org because they spell it the English way. All right, let's get into it. Let's get into it. So we'll start with the NHL because that's the hottest sport going right now. Yeah. And the hottest team in the NHL are the New York Rangers. Yes, they are. Uh, starting on Sunday where they played the Winter Classic at MetLife Stadium. And wow, did they break the Islanders' hearts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Islanders had a three-goal lead and somehow pissed it away. They Collapse. They just kept making penalty after penalty after penalty, and the Rangers capitalized yeah. every time and yeah. then scored 30 seconds in overtime. Well, I mean, the way, the way that unraveled. Coach Pete says he's, he's a ballsy guy because he pulled the goalie at one point. Yeah, yeah, he pulled the goalie down too. And, and, and it paid off. I mean, yeah, I, well, yeah, you're down two at that point. What's the difference between being down two and being down three? Well, it worked. So. Yeah, uh, so much can't like Igor. Igor has been just a monster. Phenomenal. Yeah, can I just read up the stats. He's five and zero. He's only given up ten goals, ninety four save percentage, one shutout, and an assist. Yeah, an assist against the Devils. Yep, Kreider played well. Um, it's, it's Matt Rempe is my new favorite hockey player. He just comes in, and just, all all six foot eight of them just absolutely tearing shot. Yeah. He spent more time in the penalty box than he has on the ice since getting called That's up. That's right. He knows his he knows his job. He's a goon. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there's always been room for a good goon in the NHL. Um, yeah. So the Rangers took it in overtime, and then on Tuesday the Rangers beat the Stars three to one. Um, the Islanders beat the Penguins five to four. That was a good bounce back win for the Isles. And the Capitals beat the Devils 6-2. On Thursdays, the seemingly invincible Rangers beat the Devils 5-1. That was that was a massacre. It, well, yeah, that, it was not even as poor, close as the score. Poor Nate Bastion just had an awful night. <laughs> mm. He gets... I've never seen a hockey player get hit 
so hard that they're on the verge of tears. But that was him. And then he comes off. He comes back onto the ice. Gets hit by Truba, which that alone, yeah, not fun. <laughs> and then he tries to fight Truba, who I think looked at him like, how are you not dead yet? And how can I correct this? And then <laughs> proceeded to beat the snot out of him. Right. He, like, he was concussed. Clearly he was. Yeah. And they just let him, they let him out there and uh, he got worse. So, yeah, bad night for the Devils. Um, yeah, and then the Blues beat the Islanders 4 nothing. so it was a bad bad night for the Islanders as well. Did you see the clip of the Devils fans leaving early? They actually, the people, the work for the Devils actually were handing out fruit snacks. Oh, no. The early. Oh, no. That's, that's bad. The worst part is the girl, if you're watching the video, pleading with people to take a fruit snack. They're just boxes and boxes of fruit snacks. And not a good look. No, no, not, not good optics. Uh, tonight, we got the Lightning versus the Isles, the Rangers versus the Flyers, and the Devils versus Les Habitants. Um, the Rangers are 10-0. Yeah. yeah. They are, they're the, by far the best team in hockey right now. Currently. currently I, my, my, my only qualm about this is I hope they're not pulling a, a, a Boston Bruins and having the you know, we're one point off of the Bruins right now for best in the best in the Eastern Conference. So. Yeah, well, you remember the Bruins last last year? It seemingly were invincible and then got swept in the first round. Yeah, no, I know. I just uh, it feels feels good. Yeah, it's well, it's good to have something good going on, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, we'll get into the reason for my sarcasm in a minute. <laughs> Okay, moving on to the NBA. On uh, Thursday, coming out of the All-Star break, the Knicks took care of the Sixers, 110-96. to And the Raptors took care of the Nets, 121-93. Uh, we were talking earlier about the All-Star game. week game okay. yeah. event. Monstrosity. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I think we both agreed that, that it could use some tweaks, if I'm being kind. That's, yeah, that's 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 one word for it. Uh, Adam Silver was about five seconds away from just Gronk spiking the trophy on the ground and storming off. Uh, he was not happy. Yeah. At the utter lack of. Uh, well, I mean, what a respect def- for Doctor Naismith's fine creation. <laughs> yeah, what a, what a, what a defensive struggle that game was. Uh, yeah, the whole. Um, I mean, they didn't even pretend to play defense. No, no. I mean, the whole the whole weekend. I like the. the the, the three-point contest is really the only thing that's still cool. Yeah. The skills challenge is a mess. I didn't even know what was happening at the time. I, they had the formula seemingly perfected, but it was just one person, and it was an obstacle course. And then whoever finished the obstacle course the fastest won. I don't see what the problem was with that, but now we got three sets of teams, and the, the goal or whatever to make a pass is, like, wider than Charles Barkley. So, it's ooh, that's why. I and then and then we fast over to the dunk contest, and there's two G League players. Well, actually, no, Jacob Toppin actually got picked up by the Knicks because of all the injuries. But two basically G League players, uh, Jalen Brown. Yeah, it, I'm happy that Jalen Brown did it because he's a star, and there should be stars in the dunk contest. However. His dunks were terrible. 
He dunked over Kai Sinet, who I know you have no idea who that is, but he's about... You are correct. He's about four feet tall, standing up. And they sat him down for Jalen Brown to dunk over him. So he, duffed, he dunked over <laughs> Duff Goldman. And then <laughs> the idea was he was supposed to copy D. Brown, who dunked with his eyes closed, or he had his arm covering his eyes. Jalen Brown didn't do that until he was on the ground. So he essentially just did a regular one, one-handed dunk off of an alley-oop over, some, over a duffel bag. Or whatever you just, whatever celebrity you just mentioned. He's a, he's a Food Network's bake, bakery star who's about four foot nothing. Yeah, and like Mac McClung is cool, and he should have won it. He deserved to win it. But with all due respect to Mac McClung, I don't want to see Mac McClung because he's not an NBA player. Right. Well, the only thing I took away from the NBA All-Star extravaganza was the court. Which was really cool, but I can imagine if you're trying to play basketball on it, it can make you nauseous. Yeah, I didn't. You know, what I didn't like about it was because they made the court primarily blue for most of it, and then because it was an LED court, they had the lights off throughout yeah. the whole arena, so you couldn't even see the crowd, and it just felt like everyone was like competing in an ice locker. Yeah, it was strange to look at, although very cool. Yeah. Um, um, so, so, I mean. Yeah, I mean, the, the NFL has kind of blown up the Pro Bowl and turned it into the Pro Bowl games, and it was, I have to admit, entertaining. Uh, and they're not even playing football anymore. They're playing flag ball. The, score, the scoring system that they had was the only thing I didn't like about it. Just have it be one point if you score a touchdown, and then you could go for two. Which, which leads me to make the following statement, and you're going to go, oh boy, never could have predicted that one, Rex. The only... All-star game or extravaganza worth watching anymore is baseball. Well, yeah, because you can't... Because can't, they're still playing baseball. The pitcher's still going to throw 90-something miles per hour. It's still a real competition. Yeah, because, I mean, as much as I'm sure the pitchers might want to just throw lollipops in there, they can get killed. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. They're gonna, you know, baseball is the one game you really can't just go through the motions. That's why, people of America, I'm here to tell you that it is still our national pastime and always will be. So my solution to fix fix that, my solution to fix the NBA All-Star Game is uh, they got to just do, one-on-one's probably not going to work, but that would be the most entertaining option. So I would do two-on-two and you have, and Adam Silver pulls, or whatever celebrity or NBA legend you want picks the names out of the hat, like the draft lottery, and it's a random selection. Of I people. would want Walt Clyde Frazier to pick the names out of the hat so I could hear some fun rhymes. Have you ever heard Walt Frazier try to pronounce Giannis Antetokounmpo's name? He can't do it. <laughs> Your two cats have a better chance of pronouncing Giannis Antetokounmpo than, than Clyde Frazier. And I love Clyde. He just he's given up at this point. <laughs> Giannis has been in the league for a decade. Clyde's just like he's Giannis to me. So I understand. Uh, yeah, it's a two on two. Do that. Have the names be pulled out of a hat and hopefully you'll get two guys that hate each other. Just, and then you'll have pro wrestling. It's just it's just not no one wants to see a layup line for three hours or guys just bombing threes yeah. wide open. It's not entertaining. Well, okay. Moving on from that, your Knicks are starting to get healthy. 
Yep. Yeah, we are. I mean, we're still not even close to where we should be. But Brunson's back up to full steam. Uh, Randall's still out, but we've seen pictures of him practicing, so he might be close. Yeah. Uh, uh, we got Dante back. We got Hartenstein back, although he's on a minutes restriction, uh, which is fine. I really just any part, any little bit of Isaiah Hartenstein is better than Todd Gibson at this point in time. So. That's cool. Uh, and we got Bogdanovich back, who finally had his big, like, I'm a Nick now yeah. game. Went six for six from uh, beyond the three-point line. Well, he did what, what the Knicks got him to do. Yeah. Come in, score 20. Hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what Wally Zerbiak coined him. Uh, yeah, and it fits. He, he was electric in that first half. He's still – it's, it's going to be interesting to watch him and Tibbs because Bogdanovich – can't play a lick of defense, so <laughs> it's I, like Tibbs is gonna put him in, and if he's hot, he'll stay. He's the minute he's not right. They yank, which honestly that won us the game because we, we we just ended up going. We had a huge lead on Philly. We're up to like twenty six at one point. Then they they clawed their way back, and they cut it to I think six, and then Tibbs ended up going small. And he put Brunson on the floor with McBride, and then the defense improved dramatically, and we were able to hold them off. And I think we won by like 15, which is really impressive given Brunson had probably his worst shooting night of the season. He was like five of 20. Yeah. And uh, still got a double double though, so he's. Yeah, awesome. even when he's bad, he's good. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was, back to the all-star extravaganza, the one thing that it did warm my little dark black heart is the other NBA players went out of their way to point out what a superstar Brunson is. I mean, there was a lot of respect for him yeah. from his peers, which I think means more than clowns like me talking about him. Yeah, that's well, like, you know, little that it's real ones, you know. So, yeah. Oh, and we should mention um, New York Liberty. Sabrina Ionescu almost, yeah, almost she, beat Curry. She, she did great. She pushed him to the limit. She actually did just as good as about half the men in the 3.5 test for their score. She got 24. Yeah. Uh, and she was shooting from the, three, from the NBA three-point line. Right. She made it even more impressive. No, she can shoot. That she was, can really shoot. Yeah, that was, that was great. I hope they keep that up. I would love to see, like, if, if, if Lillard says he's going to Go for the three-peat next year. He's in his hometown. Have him go up against Caitlin Clark. Yeah. When she gets into the league. That was a lot of fun. That was honestly, that was the best part of All-Star Weekend. It was a low bar, but those... those yeah, I, I would agree. And I liked how, and again, all the NBA players were very, very respectful of yeah. Sabrina. And they were, you know, the whole thing was just very, very well done. And uh, yeah, good on Curry for making that happen. All right, moving on to more somber notes. Want to talk about the Mets? Yeah. We don't have to. Damn it. The Mets, they kill me. They're killing me already. The season hasn't even begun, and they're already killing me. So the news comes out of Met Camp that they're shutting Senga down because what they first reported as arm fatigue is now a posterior capsule strain, moderate strain, not not mild, but moderate. Of his pitching shoulder. He hurt his shoulder. Now, I listened to uh, the experts, that being Jerry Blevins and Jolly Olive, more Blevins than Olive, but still, they're great and they know their stuff. 
And Blevins pointed out that it's not as bad as it could be. Uh, it's, at least it's not the front of his shoulder because that's when it really gets scary. That's when surgery gets involved. That was the Johan Santana. Well, that's what Jerry said. And he also pointed out that that was the end of Santana's career. That He really never came back from that. So at least it's not that, we pray. Well, yeah. But that, the thing is we don't know how long. They don't have a timetable yet. It's really when Sanger starts to feel comfortable enough to throw Right. In. Well, as, as Blevins described it, he did his, uh, he did his, he pitched, and then the next day, it's supposed to hurt, be sore, but then the next day it's supposed to be less sore, and it wasn't. So he very prudently went into the trainers and said, uh, something's different. I can still throw, but my recovery is not where it should be. Um, we might want to check it out. So it wasn't like when a guy blows out a UCL and there's a pop and it's painful. Right. This was taken out of an abundance of caution, and I know I'm sounding like a Mets homer because, well, if we're being truthful, I am. Uh, but let's let's pray that Singh is not done for the year. Um, this, to me, does not feel as devastating as last year when Edwin Diaz uh, was done for the year. Or Verlander missing the first two months of the season as well. Um, we, where it's bad is, in my opinion, the weakest part of this lineup. Or, it, yeah, the weakest part was the rotation. Was the starting pitching. Yeah, and Sango was supposed to be the ace, and now he's gone. So now your, your ace is Quintana, who's uh, number four on most teams. Um, we better pray that this offense can score a lot of runs because this is not going to be a lockdown rotation. No, no it's not. Um, so we have to talk about who could possibly take the now open rotation spot. It's going to be McGill. I think it's his job to lose. Yeah, unless McGill gets absolutely shelled in spring training. Well, uh, he's, he's first been, game is in, is in like thirty minutes. He played Cardinals. He's been working hard. He's got a new pitch called the American's Fork. Um, he's been tweaking his mechanics so that he can keep his velocity continuously up. Uh, he's been doing all the right things and saying all the right things. Can he put it all together? That's the question. And I, I think you would agree with me that this is probably a great opportunity for him and also a great test for him because if he doesn't pass the test, I see the Mets moving on from right. him. Right, yeah. I mean, they have they have a lot of guys waiting in the wings, which Stearns brought up, but he said they need more seasoning in, um, yeah, uh, in the minors, which is, which is a rough pill to swallow, but... You know, all, he, he could be right about that. Well, we also have Lucchese, yeah, who's also been training hard in the offseason. He's in probably the best shape of his life. I still think you start with him in the long reliever role uh, and you give McGill. The, we we the have Budo, who made a name for himself last year, good and bad. Um, and I mean, if, you, if I had to rank the three, I think it's if without question it's McGill, uh, Lucchese, Budo. That's, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I, I can't argue with that. Udo's on mop-up duty until further notice. Um, um, one of the nice things that, that Mr. Blevins pointed out uh, was that he's been spending a lot of time with the team at spring training. 
and he's never seen a Mets camp that where they were so positive and everybody was getting along so well. And he said the day that the Senga injury was announced, they were down for about half an hour. And then they were back around joking and positive again. So he says he still thinks this could be a playoff team. I not so rosy. I you know who else was was that was that Mets training camp? Your boy Carlos Beltran. Yes, I saw pictures of him there. Yeah. I now listen. I uh, I want uh, the other Carlos that we have currently as our manager to do well. Yeah. It gave me uh, it gave me Doc Rivers with the Bucks. Yeah. Vibes. Yeah. <laughs> I I, I, I could see that, but. If, if, if stuff goes south real real quick this year, they might just uh, might um, make a swap. <laughs> it's something that I'm more alarmed about than than you are. Uh, Tim Anderson signed with Miami this week. I, I genuinely I think Tim Anderson has a chance to have a back a, a bounce back year, and uh, Anderson with a rise could be trouble for the Mets. Uh, speaking of other trouble with the Mets, you know, there's still all this yapping about whether to re-sign or can we re-sign or do we just wait? What do we do with our polar bear? I'm here to tell you folks, it's very simple. You give him a long-term extension as fast as possible. Yeah, I, uh, I'm still more confident in him being a Met long-term than most. Uh, just because Cohen wants him, and I think Pete wants to be a Met, and I think that Cohen's just going to let Pete, you know, see what the market is, and then he's going to give him more than that. That's really what it comes down to. But doesn't I mean, he's seem, not going to get out big. Doesn't that seem foolish when you can maybe lock him up for a reasonable number now? I don't think, I don't think Scott Boris will let it happen. But, you know, this is Pete... Pete will tell. Don't don't forget. Boris works for Pete, not the other no, way I around. No, I know, but I'm just saying. This is what I brought up on the last episode. Was we went through this whole thing with with Brandon Nimmo, going into last off season, where it was like, oh, why didn't we sign? Why didn't we extend Nimmo now? Why didn't we sign Nimmo now? Why are we letting Nimmo go to free agency? He has Scott Boris as his agent. Why is why this? Why that? And then Cohen just took care of it. Gave him gave him eight years. Gave him, a lo- gave him the money he wanted, and that was it. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what I am sick of. <laughs> I'm sick of seeing David Stern come on uh, in front of a bank of mics with a dopey grin on his face going, Nope, we're not going to do a thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Think is down. Are you going to get some more starting pitching? Nope. I think he would view that as a uh, rash decision. Uh, I mean, I, like I text when you when the news first broke, my immediate reaction was, Okay, sign Jordan Montgomery and you know, yeah. wash your hands of the whole thing. But that's why I'm not a GM because I well, they're it, probably thinking, well, what if saying is back? Well, also the, 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 the Mets only have 15 million dollars before they hit maximum penalty for being over the Cohen tax, and at that point, it's almost like dollar for dollar. You have to spend a dollar paying tax for every dollar you spend right. on on players. So no, the Mets can't go out and get Montgomery without paying a huge penalty. Yeah. Just like the Yankees, to pivot over across town, have been flirting with Snell. But if they sign Snell, they're over at the limit, and they're going to be paying about sixty million dollars in penalty tax. Like I said, Snell and Montgomery are going to lose this game of chicken that they're playing. Well, they're they're too expensive, both of them. 
unless some some mid-market team steps up and, and pays the price, the big teams can't really afford them because they've already locked up most of their roster. Quite frankly, I don't care what happens to Blake Snell. I, I'm not that big a fan. He may be a nice guy, but, you know... He turned down the Yankees initial five, five and done with, with a boatload of walks does not excite me. Yeah. Uh, Montgomery uh, is a horse, and he would be great for any team, and I have nothing bad to say about him. However, these guys are, are you're right, they're playing a game of chicken they're not going to win. See the Cubs getting one of them. What, That's they, a mid-level team. This came to my head. Well, off the top of my head. Well, I, okay, talk about the Cubs. What? Why haven't they signed Bellinger? <laughs> you know that's where he's going. <laughs> and then this week, the uh, the owner of the, one. the owner of the Cubs comes out and said, "No, we his representatives have not reached out to they, us. We have not, had no talks whatsoever." There needs to be a cap. I'm sorry. There needs to be a window where you sign free agents. And that's the end of it. This is, I mean, it's ridiculous. They, Look, you, you should be telling your, if you're an agent, free agent, you should call your agent up and say, hey, I want to be in camp. Yeah. Especially if you're a pitcher. That's what it's there for, for you and your arm to get ready. Right. Right. So now, so like, I so mean, if we're being real about this, spring training's way too long for the position players and they don't need it and they don't want it it's really for the pitchers so if you're Blake Snell or, or Jordan Montgomery what are you doing and that's why that's what I'm saying they're gonna lose this game of chicken because they need the spring training they need the reps so yeah. now, you're, now you're saying you're bringing the candle at both ends yeah I want to come in I want you to give me a boatload of money but because I've waited so long I might not be ready for opening day what sense does that make yeah it, it's that it's just stupid well, and still, still asking for nine years is ridiculous in any month. It's, it was ridiculous in November. It's ridiculous in December. Well, he, he's, he's just not worth it. He's going to pitch five innings, maybe six. He's going to walk the planet. Now, he says he does it on purpose because he's not going to give in to anybody. But he also had, out of the last four years, he had two years where he was very mediocre. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, he went, like he's he's on cold. I mean, I'll, like there was, there was last year, he won Cy Young, he was great. Twenty twenty two, just being completely honest with you, as someone who watched the Mets play the Padres in a three game series, if you took Darvish, Snell, and Musgrove, the one I would want the Mets to face is Snell. Yeah, out of those three guys. Yeah. So, yeah. not Darvish. No, no, I'm <laughs> saying. That's that's where I'm at on Snell. I don't look at Snell as a guy who's going to be an ace for your rotation. No, I don't either. Musgrove got lit up by Dodgers. Um, <laughs> now, back across town at the Yankees, reports are Rizzo's healthy, is healthy, Judge is healthy, Soto's never not healthy. Uh... That is one, and Giancarlo Stanton comes in looking like Jacob DeGrom. I don't know, did he not eat in the offseason at all? But he claims that he's doing more work with flexibility and aerobics so that he'll be less injury prone. Because Maybe he can run. Apparently, <laughs> apparently Cashman's comments got under his skin. Yeah, uh, I mean, there was really no reason for him to be that slow. Well, like, he, to the point he, where he was hitting... 
falls into the gap that were singles. Like that was just well, whatever the case may be, the the Yankees look really, really good. They do, but they have to stay healthy. Like everyone's healthy except for the Mets in February. It's it's a matter of you know 162 games. Ken Rizzo. Stay healthy. Can well, stay okay, healthy? let's uh, let's go back a few years with our Mets. Uh, we lost Diaz last year. Lost Diaz and Verlander. Verlander wasn't there for last year's opening day. Um, Scherzer was hurt a lot of the year. Before that, Degrom. Degrom, yeah, Degrom missed half the season in 2022, and then he missed the. Second half of twenty twenty one, so yeah. Uh, I mean, we It's unfortunate, but we're right. kind of getting used to this. Yeah. Um, that means once I was expecting Senga to just be told he was getting arm surgery or shoulder surgery and he was done for the season. So. Well, thus far we've not heard that, and let's pray we don't. Yeah. Um, I, I just but Soto. I know that would scare the Yankees re-signing Soto would scare me a lot more than the Mets with Alonzo because of how much the Yankees gave up to get one year of one Soto. Yeah, that was a that was a bit of a riverboat gambler move. Uh, I wouldn't have done it. Wouldn't have done it. Too big a risk. Because like you know, I mean, okay, so what say? Say say okay, he plays a season with in New York and he does. Phenomenal. Now you're going to have Steve Cohen breathing down your neck. And if the Red and, Sox... And five have, other teams. the Red Sox feel like spending, they could steal... Oh, let's not forget away. about the new evil empire in L.A. Or, or the Dodgers, yeah. Just seemingly can get whatever they want. With, uh, with the Otani... And my goodness, aren't the haters out for the Dodgers already? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, they're not that great. No, they're that great. Well, yeah. And no one's doubting that they're going to be great in the regular season. The regular season is going to be a moonwalk. MLB comes out with the top 100 players this week, and the Dodgers have three of them in their lineup who are in the top 20. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be be fascinating watching them play because every every loss is going to be magnetized by... 50. Uh, you know, they, they might win 105, 110 games easily. Yeah. And then when, and then all the pressure's on them, whoever they play in the NLDS. Yeah, they, they do have somewhat of a, a reputation of being chokers in the, in the playoffs. Right. You know, that's an interesting division because I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't sleep on Arizona. Arizona got a lot better. They did. You know, they, they've strengthened their rotation. They did, but the, the Padres and the, uh, the Padres got worse, and the Rockies got worse. Giants got Giants, marginally better. The Giants got marginally better. They're still going to beat up on the other teams in their division. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's yeah. another thing they got going for them. Well, their starting look, pitching is still... I think the Mets will be fun to watch this year. I think they'll be competitive in most of their games. I don't see them finishing any higher than fourth place. I, I just I don't maybe I don't if they get really good third place. Yeah, I, you're not. I'm not sitting here with a straight face and telling you the Marlins are better than the Mets. I just can't do it. Okay, I want I, they. I, 
The, the Mets lineup. Uh, if Alcantara comes back to form, they've still got, I think, better starting pitching than the Mets. The Mets lineup will be significantly better this year than they were. So. Well, I hope you're right. I hope Starling Marte is back to being Starling Marte. I hope Jeff's back to being Jeff. I hope Pete gets a huge chip on his shoulder because of this monkeying around with his contract and he hits 100 home runs and, and bats 350. <laughs> and, and I hope they have to pay a lot for him because they're being stupid. Um, I hope Harrison Bader can stay healthy. I hope Nemo has another really good year. Yeah, and it'll be, uh, it'll be I hope they get third base worked out because I'm not sold on Brett Beatty. No. Did you watch the video of him and Todd Zeal discussing hitting mechanics at all? I watched a little bit of it. I saw it, watched a tiny bit of it. Um, I don't know. Todd Zeal discussing hitting mechanics with somebody is kind of like when when Ray Charles needed to find the bathroom when they were recording We Are the World and Stevie Wonder was the one that led him to the bathroom. Do you think Brett Beatty has listened to a single Ray Charles song in his life? No, my point was it was the blind leading. The <laughs> no, blind. I know, I know. I just wanted because it's it, you know dated dated reference. <laughs> By the way, folks, if you have Netflix, uh, the what was it? The Greatest Night in Pop is the name of the movie. It was about making of We Are the World. It's an hour and twenty minutes, maybe hour and a half. Michael well, Jackson flexing on everybody. Well <laughs> worth watching. Well worth watching. Really, really well done. Um, last week we had the Genesis Invitational, which is hosted by Tiger Wood, who unfortunately uh, had to withdraw from the competition because he was so sick with the flu he couldn't stand up. Uh, was won by Matsuyama, who came back uh, in on the back nine and just smoked everybody. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, Riviera is a very, very challenging golf course. Uh, New York's Cam Young tied for 16th. Uh, so another top 20 finish for him. Keep going. Maybe someday he'll win a tournament. But he's from New York, so he's our guy. How old is Tiger's kid now? That's, that's Charlie? Yeah. I think he's in his early teens. He's not old. Not, he's not there yet. Yeah, he just missed yeah, that's, I, I, He tried I, to do it. Uh, he tried to compete in a... In a, to get into a tournament this weekend and just barely missed out. So my, my prediction is whenever the first time that, that kid is uh, has a reasonable chance of winning a major going into Sunday, that'll be the highest rated golfing event of all time. It'll be super good if he ever gets that good. Yeah, he's got tons of talent, but you know it takes more than that. No, I, I just think there's a better chance of, uh, I it, think, of Charlie Woods becoming a legit pro golfer than there is of LeBron James Jr. becoming a legit basketball player. Okay. All right. I guess, uh, I, I, I'll like, give you that. Yeah. I, I do think uh, it, it's harder to win a pro golf tournament than winning in other sports. Uh, I, I think golf is this, a fascinating and the most frustrating game ever invented. But... Um, lucky for us, we're in an age where they show where the ball's going before it gets there, so it's way more entertaining to watch. Um, all right, we've hit the NHL, the NBA, the PGA. Pro Football announced that they're going to give a little bit more on the salary cap starting next year. I don't know what that means for 
our local teams, other than hopefully the Giants can sign Barclay. That Aaron Rodgers uh, bonus is going to be incredible. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah, there was a rumor going around this week that the, the, the Jets should try to sign Wilson as their backup quarterback, and I'm thinking... I've heard some awful, awful... Tra- specifically Mike Tannenbaum. I don't know why, what he has against the Giants, but he's been on ESPN, and I think his new title is just how to piss John off because his trades were... First, he wants us to give like all of our first and second round picks for the next five years to Chicago and, and Kayvon Thibodeau in exchange for the number one pick, which presumably would be Caleb Williams. No. And, and, and then... He topped that with, I think the Giants should trade Daniel Jones for Deshaun Watson. No. I'm like, you're trolling. Like, you're being a troll. You're, in a, you're a grown man in a suit on national television being a troll. Reevaluate your life. Well, I mean, never forget, he's a Jets guy. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to take a swipe at the Talk Giants. Talk about the Jets, then. Talk about the Jets. I mean, Talk about why you didn't succeed with the Jets, and that's why you're currently on ESPN well, making that's big sa- trades. That's the same reason every time I turn on MLB Network, there's Steve Phillips talking about what the Mets are doing wrong. Yeah, You know, he wasn't only mildly successful with the Mets. No, and, and that's what these guys do. They, you know... Uh, I do have a fun baseball stuff though, that I found online. I was I was, I was holding off on it all week. All right, on the podcast. hit me. You ready? Hit I, me. I, I wish we could have the X Files music playing in the background, but we don't have the money or the technology to pull that off. And honestly, I wouldn't even get mad if we got in trouble for that. It would just mean we had a new viewer. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, here we go. Madison Bumgarner had more grand slams than Prince Fielder, who had more inside the park home runs than Ricky Henderson who had fewer steals of home than Babe Ruth, who had as many shutouts as Pedro Martinez. Wow. Yeah. That is a stat. <laughs> that, I like that. Really Good work, John. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Not mine. That, that's a credit of Ryan M. Spader. Well, you found Spader. it. So, yeah. you, you found it. Yeah. And uh, well, before we go, because I didn't get to mention him in the Knicks uh, recap, shout out to Precious Achua, who was seen as a throw-in. Uh, who Raptor fans hated and said he was garbage, that they were glad he was gone. He's currently averaging a double-double and playing 42 minutes a night. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, he's been significant. So, yeah, kudos to the big sneeze. Uh, Tom Thibodeau, like I said, he is the big man whisperer. Uh, I, I don't know what it is. I think he just tells them, he simplifies the game for them, and it's just like, you're not... You're not dribbling. You're not going to shoot much. You're just going to rebound and dunk the ball. So we're going to pivot from the big sneeze to the big drip with Tyler McGill going to be probably the fill-in roster spot for the Mets. So we'll uh, we'll cap off this show by saying happy nasal health. Ah, uh, this is Rex the Rookie. I'm tapped out. John, any more for you? No, we started the podcast with a spork, <laughs> and we're going to end it with a spork. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, thanks for listening. It's been a lot of fun. I uh, hope you enjoy listening to it. We'll catch you next week. Thank you. John, any parting words? See you guys next week. All right. Thanks, folks.